we are coming to the conclusion of the disciples. And what is discipleship? The personalities of disciples and the provisions that God gives to those who are disciples, who are learners, who will be sent out, in this case, as apostles, as messengers. So if you would, please turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10. We're looking at the first five verses. He summoned his twelve disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now the names of the twelve apostles were these. The first, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them. Do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter in any city of the Samaritans. Father, help us to understand your sovereignty. And Father, the things that sometimes we just don't understand are completely on track from your view. And Father, let us rest in the assurances of our King and of our Savior. Father, uh, I rejoice at these men, commoners. Nothing special about them. Nothing special at all. And yet, Father, that is we who gather this day. There's nothing special about us. We are earthen vessels, earthen vessels, with a precious treasure inside. Father, let us understand the urgency of our day, first and foremost. But, Father, let us understand that uh, we have been learners. Now it is time to go out. Father, uh, Protect us. Show us your way. May our hands be about your work, our feet be upon your path. Father, we look upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. We have been looking at all of these, and I'm spending a little more time on the last one. There's a lot of questions have been asked about this man, Judas. You will not hear anybody name their child Judas. I shared with you that in uh, people who uh, professionally raise sheep to get the females into the slaughterhouse, what they will do is castrate the ram, and the ram will lead the females into the slaughterhouse. That sheep, that castrated ram, is called a Judas sheep. We have all heard the term used. Uh, We have maybe even used it. It is definitely not a term of endearment. But it always has tied to it a friend's betrayal. Okay? There are people who have probably betrayed us in the past. Those are not technically Judases. Those who are close to you, who betray you, that's Judas. Because Judas was close to Jesus. We, 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 we missed that fact. I mean, if you read verse 1, it says, He summoned His twelve disciples and He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Judas is included in that. Judas had supernatural power given to him by Jesus Christ for the ministry. 
we, 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 we missed that. He was also considered holy because who took care of the money? Judas did. People a lot of times, and I hear, and I touched this a little bit last week. I don't want to linger on it. There's a teaching out there right now called open theology. Basically, it says, open theism. Basically, it says God's in the process of learning. As we do our goofy things down here, he learns how to deal with it. Well, that's really good if you don't believe the Bible. All right. One of the reasons that they teach this and that they try to use as evidence is the fact that Jesus picked Judas. Okay, because if he knew, then why would he pick one to betray him? And I shared with you to fulfill the scriptures, Psalm 69. All right. And then then the argument comes up. Well, well, Judas didn't have a choice. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Go look at Jesus' ministry. He was always reaching out. He never stopped by His grace, His mercy, and His love. He continued on and on and on and on. One of the things that gets lost in this man, it was his choice that technically for God's glory. Now think about that for a second, because that's, that's a little bit difficult for our little pea brains to get a grab on that one. Judas's betrayal was of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver was for God's glory. Okay. This man, Judas, pretending to be a friend of Jesus, betrayed him with a kiss. He had told the... Uh, Temple guard, that the one I kiss is the one you're after. He betrayed him with a kiss. I would call that the epitome of hypocrisy. I'm not sure that you can get a greater standard of hypocrisy than betraying a friend that his life would be murdered and doing it with a kiss. These people that are around us have characteristics that are all look just like Judas. Okay? So, I got a couple of points here I want to share with you on hypocrisy. It's funny, the Greek word Literally means, have you ever seen uh, these plays where they hold up a mask? Okay, and if it's supposed to be a mean, nasty thing, it's a mean, nasty looking mask. Or if it's supposed to be a happy mask, you got a happy mask or a frowning mask. Okay, but you don't know what the face behind it is. You just see the mask of the part that the actor or actress is working. Okay, that's what the Greek term for hypocrisy means. What's behind the mask? Judas pretended to be a friend of Jesus Christ. 
One of the things that I have watched in my ministry in the years that I have uh, done what I'm doing, these people, yes, I have had to deal with a few of these, actually a lot more than I like to think about. They very often seem genuinely interested, especially if they believe it's a noble cause. Okay? I remember talking to Dr. MacArthur. His church seats 8,000. Their membership rolls say 60,000. And we were talking about the second coming of, of Christ, but the, the snatching up of the church, the, the catching up of the church, the rapture. And he made a statement that kind of stunned me. And I've thought about it, this has been a few years, but it dawned on me he's right. His statement was, at the rapture of the church, I'm not convinced there's going to be enough of us missing that anybody's going to take note. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, you guys, you got 8,000 guys and girls sitting out there every Sunday morning, two services. And, and he says, no, he says, there are people that I know emphatically attend this church because of the reputation of this church. That's the only reason that they're there, that they can say, I attend Grace Community Church. They're pretending. But they see it as a noble cause. Think about it. How many people go to church today because it's a noble cause? That's amazing to me. Listen, I am convinced Judas did not want Roman rule over Israel. Okay? And he saw Christ as the possibility, an opportunity to do something about this Roman rule. Right now, you sit and say, "Well, yeah, but they, they all did. They all did. Why would John and James send their mother up to Jesus and say, can my sons be at your right hand and your left hand at your kingdom?' They were expecting a Davidic kingdom soon. That's what they were wanting. We want the king of Israel to take his throne and throw these Romans out on their ears. That's what they were expecting. Every one of these men had that in their mind. You know, we're in the middle of a presidential election. And it's funny to hear all of the promises both candidates make. I think it's hilarious. And everybody's excited. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. You know what? We're not electing a king. There's other little parts of this thing that can really be a pain in the rear end. Okay? And, and yet, we think, well, if we get this piece, then nirvana. Well, I've read the end of the book. Nirvana ain't coming. Okay? So, when I think about what we do with our elected officials, then I see what they do. 
Then I look at Jesus. I could understand if I was under Roman oppression. And here's this guy of the line of David. Hey, because we are God's chosen people. I'm ready. So one of the things that you have to understand about a hypocrite is they pretend. They want to be attached to something that is noble. It's one of the things that has always bothered me about Christian entities getting involved in politics. Now, how many in this room right now think that politics is a noble vocation? Why would a Christian organization want to get involved with it? I don't understand that. I remember when Mitt Romney, well, we can't vote for a Mormon. Well, it ain't like he's going to turn the country to Latter-day Saints. That didn't make sense to me. Okay? I mean, when have we had a good, godly president? (laughs) George. (laughs) The father of the country, and it's been downhill ever since. But do you see what I'm trying to get at? But you need to find somebody who has at least got some scruples. I mean, you know... uh, I had this conversation yesterday with some retired Marines and they were asking me, you know, what do you think about the election? I said, you know, it's what's troubling to me. There's 350 million people in the United States. And you're telling me this is the best two we got? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Houston, <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, golly, it's one of those, call it. <laughs> I'm in the voting booth. But... When I look at what we look for, we want a leader, someone. I mean, you can honestly know this, that there has never been a better teacher speaker than the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he talked, the people listened. Now, they may not like what he said. Judas would have been in that group. Hypocrites will hang out thinking that this is a noble cause. Okay. Second thing about hypocrites. They demonstrate an outward allegiance. Okay. I have seen people, siblings, tend to to do this sometimes, where they just talk awful about each other. I mean, they say things you're sitting there going, man, you guys are related. You know that you're related. But you hear these conversations and you're like, wow, this is terrible. But as soon as you say, well, I agree, all of a sudden you're the bad guy. Okay? Because they have an allegiance. I mean, it may not sound like it, but there is one. And you don't want to get in the allegiance. Okay? A hypocrite is the same way. First of all, if they're pretending to be attached to a noble cause, then they're going to have an allegiance. Many who followed Jesus in the early part of his ministry, in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 66, as a result of this, 
many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. What did he do? Read just before it. These things he said in the synagogue and he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? And Jesus, conscious of what his disciples grumbled at. Now, remember who he's talking to. What's the term that he's using? Disciples. You know what that is? Learners. Jesus, conscious of his disciples, grumbled at this. And they said to him, does this cause you to stumble? Jesus did. What then if you see the Son of God ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he was saying... For this reason, I have said this. No one can come to me unless it's been granted to him from the Father. Okay? Because he starts it off with a very simple phrase. You know what he said? I am the bread of life. And that calls people, what? What the heck is that? I thought you were the king. I thought you were going to go out here. There's a warrior. You know, Messiah is supposed to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. I don't need a bread. And it said many did not walk with him. But you know what? A hypocrite stays. Judas did not walk away when the statements got hard. You must deny yourself and take up your cross daily. And it says many left him. Why? Listen, you don't have to explain to a person at that day and age what a cross is. They understood what he was saying. He's like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to, we were going to win. You're saying, no, man, we're going to get crucified. We want a redo on our king. Okay, Judas stayed to the very end. Okay, that's what a hypocrite does. Because they want to see the outcome. But you, if you think about what he did, his actual act, that's what you call covering your bases. I have a plan B. And he saw Jesus stirring everybody up, but telling everybody, don't do nothing. Well, that ain't no way to overthrow the Romans. Anybody knows that. So he switched it at the very end for money. Okay. Third thing about hypocrites, spiritual hypocrites. They appear holy. When Jesus told them that one of them would betray him, you know what is amazing? In the upper room, he's getting ready. He's going to leave there, cross the Kidron Valley, go up to the uh, Mount of Olives, and he's going to be arrested. We're talking just a few hours. 
And he tells them one of them is going to betray him. You know what is amazing about that? None of them suspected Judas. Why? He's the keeper of the money. John's Gospel. It's a, it's a fascinating read if you, you take the time with it. 27 to 29, chapter 13. After the morsel, the breaking the bread, Satan then entered into him. Therefore, Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. Now, remember, they're all there. The whole group is sitting there. For some, we're supposing, because Jesus had the money box, that Jesus was saying to them, buy the things that we need for the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. Now, think about that for a second. He's got the money box. Jesus says, what you're going to do, do quickly. Up and off he goes. None of them thought, well, is he going to go betray you? Nope. Why? They appear to be holy. They look like they got their ducks in a row. Even when Jesus identified him, the others did not understand it. Listen, Judas should have got an Oscar for his acting ability. Because he's got 11 guys that he's been running around with for three years. And then the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now he knows But the 11 guys never suspected Judas. They appear holy. Fourthly. One of the things that stands out. Well, in our society today. It's a. A hypocrite is a deceiver. Okay. Okay. Look at our society today. Are there any deceivers around? I mean, look around. I don't know where you can look and not see them. Think about the scandals that have been plagued so many of our pulpits. No one ever accuses those guys. You know, you're a deceiver. Why? Well, that's mean. That's that's, that's mean-spirited to call somebody a liar. You can't call them a liar. But they lied. Well, but you can't call them that. Why not? I've never understood it. That don't make any sense to me. I grew up... um, My... uh, Uncle and great uncle raised horses, palominos. Okay? And they made a living at it. I mean, a, a very, very good living at it. But they had these, I don't know, they, they were just into horses. I, I, I wasn't. And they had a term that they used 
that was not a term of endearment. Okay? They called them horse traders. Okay? And it meant there were some guys that they would deal with on a handshake. Then there were horse traders that I wanted on paper. Okay, because as a kid, you just looked at it and I was like, well, I don't understand. But I knew some of these guys who were, quote unquote, horse traders, and I didn't trust them. And I, I noticed that those were always the one that had a written contract. You know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to whatever it was. Okay, but he had other people that would come from Texas and Oklahoma and uh, Florida and all the rest to, to buy his horses. And he'd come up and they'd just shake hands and off they'd go. But then there were others that were horse traders. A hypocrite is a deceiver. Now, the reason that I say that is every deceiver, and understand this, what I'm going to say. Every deceiver, every single one of them, every one of them, okay, is a pawn of Satan. Please understand that. They are a tool of Satan. You've got to understand that. Judas was a tool, was a pawn of Satan. Jesus describes Satan as what? The father of lies. Okay? Anyone who is in that sphere of influence, uh, as uh, <laughs> my granny used to say, my, my mom's mom, she was about that tall. And you think I'm kidding. Because all the grandkids, the big goal was to get taller than her. And then when you realize that she was about that tall, you're like, well, that really wasn't that big a goal, was it? <laughs> you know, I'm taller than a midget. <laughs> but... Uh, she always had these these sayings that were 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 <laughs> were funny, and I remember this one guy came out and was trying to buy this horse, and uh, he, my uncle Audrey, was, I ain't selling it until you put cash. Well, I'll go get you. I want cash. If you ain't got cash, we got no deal. And and I was like, this he didn't even get a contract from this dude. He's, he's <laughs> he, you know, I want cash. I'm gonna put put the money in my hand. And uh, my grandma was standing there, and uh, and we'd come. I'd come out of the barn, was coming around, and there she was. And I run over to her, and I said, "How are you doing?" And all the rest of that. And I said, "What's what's what's Audrey doing over here?" She she says, "Well, that man struggles with the truth." <laughs> and, and you're like, "What? How how do, how do you struggle with the truth?" Okay, but I'll never forget it. You know, and, and we know people. That struggle with the truth. Okay? Now, they may give you a half-truth or a seven-eighths of a truth. Or maybe they'll give you a sixteenth of a truth. But you still ain't getting truth. Okay? A hypocrite is a deceiver. Okay? Now, remember, they pretend to be a part of a noble cause. Okay? They have an allegiance that says, I am part of a noble cause. 
And yet the whole time, they're deceiving. They're deceiving. He's the father of lies. John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil. You want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whatever he speaks, a lie, he speaks from his nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You know what I've learned is? It's the nature. It's the nature. You can't expect different. Until there is the redemption of the soul by the person of Jesus Christ, guess what? What is their nature? But always remember this. If you deal with people who, as my granny would say, struggles with the truth, it is their nature. It is their nature. That's fascinating to me. Because we don't look at it. Now, nobody's going to walk up to you and say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, you look like you're of your father the devil. (laughs) I have. I don't really encourage it because it doesn't work that well. (laughs) But it it didn't do much for Jesus either. I should have known. Okay? But if a person constantly is deceiving, lying, struggling with the truth, understand who they're working for. Understand, I've had to deal in the past with what I call mixed marriages. And what I mean by a mixed marriage is a believer and an unbeliever. Okay. And one of the great frustrations of the believer is that the unbeliever doesn't have the same set of uh, morals. Okay. And they struggle with it. And I tried to do it gently as I can, explain to them they're only operating on their nature. See, we struggle with that. We think that I'm a believer and everybody should act like me. And then I learned this a long time ago. God doesn't want us all to look like. <laughs> Some of us ain't got it down yet. And what I've noticed about human nature is we will always go to the lowest common denominator. You know, I was close. Well, have you ever seen the Greek word for sin? It means miss the mark. And so Christians say, well, I was close. Well, that's sin. You missed the mark. But I, I get people to understand that because... I, do you have you now? If you've got kids, then you know you can give me a hearty amen. Who teaches our children to lie? There's got it's got to be like a school, and they're really good because every child does it. Right. Now, where did that come from? 
It's in their nature. It's in their nature. Because it's, it's fascinating. Every child does it. Even when you catch them, they still keep doing it. Right? Why? It's their nature. They are of their father. The devil. Until they become a slave to righteousness. They will always be a slave to sin. Now we hate them. Look at this cute little baby. Really? Why do they keep waking you up every two hours? They are the self-centered creatures I've ever seen in my life. My uh, daughter's trying to get me to come out and see my grandson. And I said, uh, I'm, I'm headed that way. And uh, she says, well, when, when, when do you think you'll get out there? I said, when will he graduate from high school? Because I can probably tolerate him by then. Because she put these pictures up and he's cute little, he looks like a, a baby Pillsbury doughboy. Just, just a swollen up thing, and and you sit there and go, wow, and uh, and then I get people who see him, my aunt, my mom, and they're calling. He looks just like you. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> but anyway, I said, you know, don't tell people that. Okay, I mean, the father is not going to be happy to. You know, he looks like his granddad, <laughs> not your father, Ivan, the other one. Okay, and you just don't do that. But anyway, I've been around babies. You know, part of my kids were all colicky. And the only way my kids would sleep is if I laid flat on my back on bed and they laid right here on my chest. Okay, and they'd sleep all night long. I didn't. But they did. Okay. And as soon as I thought, well, watch this, I can. And you're like, oh, geez. Okay. Now, I share that with you because that is their Nature. The nature of man is self. The nature of man is what I call the false trinity. Me, myself, and I. And that's what we're about. I mean, the Apostle Paul told the Philippians what? Consider others more important than yourselves. You ever thought about that? If you did that, do you know that you would never, ever, ever have a disagreement about anything? So you know what it means? That's just pretty hard, huh? But see, we can deceive ourselves and we fall into this. I look at Judas's life. And it was basically one deception after the next deception, after the next deception, after the next deception. Who was it that complained about when they put the expensive perfume on his head and his feet? Judas. Why? Well, that's a lot of money there, dude. We could, you know, help the poor. Okay, now, I'm going to wrap this up. But I want you to think about something. See, the main thinking right now that you guys are all dealing with is Judas was an unbeliever. 
Okay? Amen. But hypocrisy can thrive among believers. Don't ever forget that. Pretend to be holy? That doesn't happen among believers, does it? Does it? Pretend to be attached to a great possibility? I don't have the believers, does it? Be deceptive? Believers can't be deceptive. That's impossible. See what I, the warning is? It is so easy for us, and I have watched it in my life, people have such great hypocrisy that they actually, in the name of piety, deceive. Why? Because i got to keep up the act. And I have run into guys who are in pulpits that when you see them at the pulpit, it is one person. And when you see them out and about, it's a different person. Okay, now I don't know what you call that, but when I grew up, that there's a horse trader. Okay? You know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that drives my wife nuts is that what you are on Sunday morning, you are on Monday, and you never stop, and you drive me crazy. I, you know, I haven't gotten this one down yet, so when I get this one down, I'll try to be something else. But I, I, I am who I am. He redeemed me. He didn't redeem someone that's a facsimile of me. Okay, yeah, I've, there are a whole bunch of things in my life that changed. Okay, but I didn't change them. God changed them. There are too many in the body of Christ right now that on Sunday or in their Bible studies or whatever they're doing, they're one way, and when they get out of it, they're another way. I mean, I cannot tell you how many Christian cars have flipped me off. Okay, actually... This car's probably saved because it had a little fishy badge on it. The driver ain't. Okay, I'm trying to get the car to share the gospel with the driver. Okay, because uh, it just, that's, that's why I told Paige, I ain't putting nothing on my car just in case they catch me at a bad time. <laughs> you just never know. Although I do have RR1 on my window. And I get people, what is that? Read Romans 1. <laughs> what is that? Go read it and you'll know. Okay. But do you see what I'm trying to get at? So don't think, you know, well, I'm not. Yeah. Really? Really? When they flip me off, I blow them a kiss. That just infuriates them. So I don't do it so much if I'm on a motorcycle. Because <laughs> I, I could end up in the newspaper. <laughs> and no one would know but Jesus and me. And I'd be asking, can I go back down there? <laughs> I need to fix this. But uh, 
But, but that's what I want us to be. We must, listen, first and foremost, okay, let me give you some advice as believers. Guard your motives. Guard your motives. Okay? And you know what? What I mean by that, you don't necessarily have to lean on your own counsel. Because your heart is wicked and who can know it? Okay, so how can I be sure that my counsel is legit? So when I'm making decisions, I go out and I get a whole bunch of different information. And then I take it to my king. Okay, so I guard my motives. I guard my motives. Two, walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the things of the flesh. I know that sounds a little cliche, but it worked for the Galatians. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Because if you don't walk in the Spirit, what's your other alternative? Walk in the flesh. And how did that work out for you? Thirdly, please confess even the smallest hypocrisy. Okay, what I mean by confess is the same thing that First John calls it. I'm agreeing, God, that this is a sin. Okay, I don't need a bunch of people calling me up saying, I'd like to confess my hypocrisy. I don't need that. Okay, what I want you to do is look at it and say, okay, if my motives are right, okay, and I'm walking in the spirit, then I will be safe of hypocrisy. But if I'm walking in a small piece of hypocrisy, What's your motives just do? Are you walking in the spirit? Because if you walk in the spirit, you can have a little deception. Really? No, you can't. All right. So the big thing with Judas, his personality was his hypocrisy. You know, I, you know, everybody keeps telling me, you know, well, it was for greed. Based on his hypocrisy. Right? 30 pieces of silver. Why didn't he turn it in and feed the poor? Okay. It's one of the greatest dangers that's set out there for us. We, we do really well when it comes to adultery and murder and stealing and all. Ah, I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good, good. I'm good. I'm not, I, I haven't stolen anything all day. Okay? But when it comes to hypocrisy, well, it's not really that big a deal. Okay. That's sort of like the white lie. Or the person who struggles with the truth. Okay? Beware of it. We can look at Judas and say he was an unbeliever, therefore, but we are all susceptible to it at any given time. So everybody go out and take your fish stickers off your cars. No, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I know. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, the author and the finisher. And, and Lord, I think about, you know, walking in the spirit, Lord, and you gave us your spirit to comfort us to counsel us, to convict us, Father, to guard us, to seal us, and to empower us. 
Father, may we bow before that thought, be overwhelmed. Lord, guard us from hypocrisy, even the smallest. Father, make sure our motives are for you. Make sure that we confess. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen.